Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, welcome to the I Don't Get It podcast. Today we are going to have, I know we've done this before. I know we've had sex experts on before, but you know what? Hey, we're encroaching, approaching, encroaching. Encroaching is a word. It's I both, think. right? No, encroaching is a word, but I guess it's this almost the same meaning. Um, our episode 200. So, you know, when you have 200 episodes, like I think you can have similar guests on at a point and we'll just ask totally different questions than we have in the past so the sex expert that we have today on is actually the one from married at first sight lauren and i watch this show on the regular um so i want to talk a little bit to her about (laughs) sex as a married couple when you haven't known each other before the marriage should be interesting but now why don't you tell um a little bit more about our doctor today yeah, so I'm excited because I have a bunch of um, single girl questions to ask her. <laughs> but okay, basically, she, she covers a wide range. So Dr. Viviana Coles, she has a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's um, and doctoral degrees in marriage and family therapy. She's over 15 years of experience. Um, she is the acting president and lead instructor at the Texas Sex Therapy Institute. Um, and her passion for her work is also prevalent in her private practice. But basically, all you guys got to know is that, you know, she provides relationship and sex therapy and premarital counseling. And since 2003, she has exclusively focused her work um, with couples and individuals experiencing emotional and physical intimacy issues. So this is a topic that honestly never goes out of style. And I have so many, I actually have so many random questions for her. I'm really excited to get her on. Should we have her join? Let's do it. Let's bring her in. All right. Hi, Dr. Viviana. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. I am thrilled to be a part of this. Finally, I feel like I feel like this should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren's face is awesome. I'm freaking out. Anything married at first sight's my favorite. I know every couple that's ever been on. Well, why don't we start there? That's a lot. That's a lot to keep up with and to be invested in emotionally. I get it. I know. If you guys don't watch Married at First Sight, I mean, you don't have to really to understand the concept. These people legitimately get married at first sight. Um, You can vouch for them that it is a legitimate marriage, right, Dr. Viviana? Absolutely. It is legal. It is binding. All of those things that would make people have to think very seriously whether or not they would want to do this. How do you feel about the couples that do decide to have sex on night one? Has that ever happened? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> when, you like, say, when, when you say night one, Ashley, do you mean? Because I haven't they're, like their wedding the night. that much. Do you mean like <laughs> literally the first night they meet? Yeah, mm-hmm. their wedding okay, night, which it. is the first night they meet. Isn't that just like a random date in West Hollywood? I'm kind of, what does it matter? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of pressure um, on whether or not 
to make that sort of decision. Definitely not from us as the experts. I mean, I'm a sex therapist. I'm very positive when it comes to sexuality and making your own choices about it. But the pressure comes from the two of them because in traditional marriages, um, yeah, the expectation is that you for sure get it on that wedding night. But this is not your traditional marriage. Right. Isn't it true that only 50% of married couples actually have sex on their wedding night? I would think it's even fewer than that. I mean, you and I are married, so we know how freaking exhausting it is to even like get out of your wedding clothes, much less have sex on your wedding night. <laughs> I was like, we're doing this for the sake of tradition. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Well, not just that, but you basically ran an emotional and physical marathon yeah. your entire wedding day. And especially if you enjoyed it, you're just going to go like so, so late into the night. Yeah. And to muster up not just the desire, but the physical energy to do that. It just seems like less than 50%. That's what I'm thinking. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I wanted to ask you about attraction because I'm assuming you've had to study a lot about how attraction works. Specifically, I'm thinking of like when single people go on dates and they're like, oh, I'm not really attracted to them. You work obviously on Married at First Sight. These people have to get close very quickly. Is it possible to build sexual chemistry with someone that you don't have any with right away? And if so, how how does one do that? I truly believe that you can build sexual chemistry even if you don't have it from the very get-go. But it is one of the most elusive the most elusive concepts ever. It is very difficult to study it. It's very difficult to systemize it. Um, So what we have found is that when someone has a true desire for being in a partnership, for being in a marriage, I mean, this is very specific to a marriage, they will create scenarios and create partnerships that allow for that chemistry to build. But if if people come into this believing it's either there or it isn't, Mm -hmm. then this wouldn't be the thing for them because it's so, it's such a toss up, right? I mean, we do everything that we can to hope that these people will like each other and then possibly love each other. But as far as like having that spark and that connection from the moment they see them, you know, each other across that aisle, that's something that no one knows if it can happen. Mm-hmm. Of right, course, I guess, the three of us and everyone involved is wanting for that to happen. Doctor, I meant sort of in the context of outside of the show. I guess in like real oh, life. Got like it, got it, got you it. Go, got it. Yeah. yeah, you're single. You go on a date with someone. You know, is it possible to build sexual chemistry with someone that you don't have any with? I do think that it's possible to build sexual chemistry with somebody um, if it's not there from the very beginning because it really depends on what If you're looking for sex, you can get that from anybody, whether you have chemistry with them or not. But if you're looking for a compatibility, if you're looking for intimacy, those are things that, you know, scientists, sociologists, psychotherapists like myself, sexologists, we've all been studying that forever. And it is absolutely possible that it can exist. And what happens typically is people will start to create connections, and they will try to create physical connections. They will try to create um, 
almost like insights into each other that are attractive to the other person. And it happens all the time. I talk about it with my clients. I talk about it with people that I'm helping with dating advice. They will not necessarily see someone in that light. And then all of a sudden they create some, they form some sort of a bond or connection and they're like, oh, I could totally picture you naked right now. <laughs> like, um, now, How does it though? always happen? No, it <laughs> yeah. always happen. How do but, they do that? Well, through through finding connections, think, finding things that they're both You mean into. like emotional connections, like actual bonding? Well, it can be through activities. It can be social connections. It can be experiences. It can That's also so be true. through physical stuff. I mean, I'm telling you, there are people who have said, I would have never thought that this guy was going to be somebody that I was sexually attracted to, but man, he kissed me and it was like, boom, I want to be kissed like that all over my body. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Naz, you've never like kissed a guy friend and then like drunkenly at a club. And then all of a sudden you like had a massive crush on him. No, no. What I think happens more is when you see someone that I wasn't attracted to. Yeah. Or somebody that you thought was fine, but like you never thought that you'd be like, oh my God, I must see him again. No, I've never had a moment. I think it's like watching them use their hands sometimes. (laughs) Someone you're not super attracted (laughs) to. I'm sorry, but then you see like their their forearm move a certain way. Like, damn, that forearm looked good there. And then that forearm grows into their peck. And then you look at their face and you're like, damn. I think like little things like that. Also consistency, because you and um, Pastor Cal always talk about, like, literally you fall in love with their consistency. Yeah, the ability to rely on someone and to be able to, like, say, hey, you're that person for me and you're, I'm, you're the person that I get to rely on. Like, that's really sexy, too, because yeah. that's where vulnerability can grow. <laughs> a thousand percent. A thousand percent. And where there's vulnerability, you can start to do all sorts of things. I mean, you can start to really shoot for the stars when it comes to both like your professional and your personal lives. You can start to make plans together, which as we all know is very sexy. Um, So I I think, I think you're right. There's just, there's a whole lot that can happen when you start to really um, buy into the idea that y'all are going to work out instead of looking at every relationship or every date that you go on. If you stop looking at it from a place of like, let's see if this is going to work out. It's no, Assume that it is and bring your A game and have some expectations. But, you know, obviously you have to make it fit for the occasion. So I guess assume that it's going to work out. You know what's something that I don't get, guys? Hmm. I don't understand how watches are so expensive. I don't get it either. It's it's literally like no material around your (laughs) wrist. And they're like millions and millions of dollars. Well, you know. (laughs) Millions and millions is a little bit of a stretch, but I know where you're going with this. You're saying that like you found a new company that has like a very luxurious, high quality watch, but it's not, it's it's not like you're spending over like $200 on it. Ashley, sometimes I just feel like you can like read my mind. It's just so bizarre how you (laughs) think of that, you know? But yes, that is exactly to a T what I was going to say. Like you shouldn't have to break the bank when you want to, when you want to buy a watch or when you want to buy a watch for someone that you love, which is why movement watches were founded on the belief that 
you know, style shouldn't break the bank. And they've sold almost 2 million watches worldwide by bringing quality designs at fair prices. What's really awesome is that you can pick a style or design that you personally like. So recently I went on there to get my brother a gift because, you know, Mm -hmm. he's been, he's been going through it this year. And I I like just getting gifts just because. Mm -hmm. And um, they just dropped their first ever automatic watch. It's called the Arc Automatic. It is so nice looking. My brother's going to freak when he sees it. And I think he's going to think it's worth so much. And I'm not even going to tell him how much I got it for. <laughs> Well, Jared loves his movement watches. He is always... He's like one of those guys that like always has a watch on. So it's most likely movement. And I love their sunglasses. Their sunglasses are I love their sunglasses. I've never had more compliments on a pair of sunglasses before. And also don't even like sunglasses that much. And the only pair that I wear are movement sunglasses. I actually feel like their sunglasses totally enhance an outfit. Like I have mine laid out and like whatever outfit I'm about to wear, I match it with a pair of movement sunglasses. I was in a... a jewelry shop with the had watches and stuff like literally yesterday and they were like mm-hmm. really nice rolex whatever and the guy working there went up to hunter and goes i like your watch he's like this is literally my movement watch yeah That's it's so awesome. funny i'm not making such, this shit up it's such compliment clickbait like whenever you have a movement product on people come up and talk to you and guys no lie i actually googled the founder of this because i think he's actually kind of cute i don't know if he's single oh love i have that connections do you really well i was very impressed because they are a crowd funded startup the guys um, were college dropouts and now exactly. they've, they've they've sold over two million watches in over 160 countries i mean can you think of any hotter come up story i cannot no. um so movement watches start at just 95 dollars, guys so you're looking at 400 for the same quality from a traditional brand Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash get it. That's mvmt.com slash get it. Movement's launching new styles on their site all the time. So check out their latest at movement.com. Go to movement.com slash get it. Join the movement. So I guess when you guys are filtering out people who are qualified to be unmarried at first sight, you have to make a big deal of whether or not they believe that attraction can grow, right? Yes, that is definitely something that we um, are looking out for, you know, and, but the thing is that there's so many more things that we have to look at and consider when it comes to having a really great potential match that if somebody were to say, you know what, I've had issues with that in the past. I've had issues with uh, thinking that chemistry has to be there from the get-go, but I've learned through the last five years of dating and through talking to, let's say they have a therapist or through talking to their parents who have a really viable marriage. They're like, I really think that it can happen. Well, then it, I mean, it really is. There have been, it's just hard. Like what we do is really hard and it's, and it's very, it's a lot of stress. I'll say that, but it's a lot of pressure because we take it so seriously and we're not just like putting together people for no reason. But, but the point is some people can say that they know what they want. Some people can say that they know who they are, but they don't know what they're like when they're married and they don't know what they're like when they're reacting to a partner. You know, like we can all say, I am you know, I am Viviana. I am this person as an individual, but put me in a room with Lauren and I'm going to feed off of her energy. And I'm going to be like, okay, let's talk about this. And we may be talking about forearms for 30 minutes. (laughs) 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 And then you put me in a room with Naz and it's going to be something totally different. And so I think, I think 
what we try to do is just set people up for success. But as we can see, it doesn't always work out. Can I ask you a specific question about this season airing right now? We'll see if I can answer it. I know. <laughs> um, when you did you really think that Henry Christina would be a good match? Oh my god, this couple! I don't even oh, watch the you show, know, and I you know, know about us? them. Yeah. He like didn't she I'm, cry because he said I like your writing yes, or something? Yes. Oh god. So yeah, so Christina is very in tune with her emotions. She um, she wears her heart on her sleeve. She was similar with us. She was similar, I'll say, with me for sure in my meetings with her. She feels so passionately about wanting to be married. And she feels so passionately about wanting to to have the next stage of her life. And you put her with the least passionate person in the entire world. Well. (laughs) Wait, what's the the guy's name again? Henry. Henry. He looks like Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, he totally does. (laughs) Yeah, he looks just like him. So Henry, um, it's not that he's the least passionate. He's just not very expressive. It's not that he doesn't. And and when he was, you know, meeting with us before he was matched, he's one of those guys who, when he's comfortable, you can't shut him up. Like he talks a ton Mm. and he shares, but he doesn't do it in a very expressive way. Like he's not going to be the guy who's like, you know, jumping on a table or jumping on the couch like Tom Cruise, right? He's going to be the guy who just tells you and uses his words, but his affect is kind of flat. So it seems like they're very different, but they actually have a lot of the same intensity with what they want and what their desires and passions are. He's just very non-expressive and she's very expressive. But what they both could get out of each other and the potential of what their marriage has, um, you know, I, I won't, share too much but what i will say is they both need what the other person has exactly they need that balance i was just gonna ask you um and i want to go back and just say i think christina is a badass i was laughing just because that (laughs) scene is just so crazy but i am such a proponent and love people that i'm an empath that like are vulnerable and are like fuck this this is how i feel i want to get married and put it all out there i think she is a champion so if i did not come off like that before i just want to set the record straight on that but i want to ask you because you deal with couples all the time when you look at someone um like what's his name henry henry Mm -hmm. men who typically i would say on average i mean i don't know the the statistics have a hard time opening up talking about emotions which is why i loved working on bachelor because like a lot of it was really cool to see men open up do you feel like that is one of the leading causes of most issues in relationships is sort of like it doesn't even have to be just men but people who can't articulate how they're feeling i think you're right on i mean communication is the number one issue um that comes up regularly in all relationships, but especially marriages. And our marriages on Married at First Sight are no different. Uh, We are forcing them to constantly try to communicate because we do want them to work through issues. We don't Mm -hmm. want anybody skating by. We don't want anybody saying yes on decision day or saying no on decision day without truly feeling like they know why they're saying it. And you're right. I think with communication, if somebody it's not so much that people aren't or men or women, whoever aren't in touch with their emotions. They just don't have a lot of practice with sharing them and having a good outcome. Do you feel like it's more guys though? Like, do you find like on the show, you have to like help out more guys do that? 
Um, in my experience, on the show with the show guys, no, I think it's been pretty 50 50. Mm-hmm. Oh, dope. Um, I think there are definitely women on this season that don't communicate that much. Um, I, I think in general, Karen, yeah, I knew that you were going <laughs> to say that. Karen is one of those people who's having a lot of conversations. They're just not out loud. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and it's a lot of it comes from just a lack of practice. I believe I see that with my clients too. It's just a lack of practice and a lack of understanding that you can share a concern and have it not turn into a breakup. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I remember one of my first relationships, I could have sworn after we disagreed the first time that that was it. We were like mm-hmm. breaking up and he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, we can talk through this. This doesn't mean we're going to break up. And I'm like, are you Aww. really? Oh, okay. You know, I, there's just, you know, with, with, especially with the people that come to us for the show, they just really want the end game. They don't, but they haven't necessarily been amazing at the journey. Right. right? Like or working else, but, through it. Yeah. And, and some, and that's what we're hoping too, is that they can feed off of each other, just like in any other marriage, you can feed off of each other right. and build up on each other's strengths. Um, and hopefully be very graceful if you don't, you know, if you don't really balance each other out on how to do that. But it's, it's really hard for us. I mean, I'll, I'll do the woe is me for a little bit because <laughs> you're like, it's, you know, it's hard. I, I will tell you, I, the, the biggest pet peeve that I have with, um, our amazing viewers <laughs> is that they assume that we see what they see because yeah. You know, they're watching the show and it's the, yeah. the first introduction that they get to our couples is that they're like married. Right. So they get to see them. But we do not get to do that because the whole point of the show is that they we match them and then they get married. Like we don't get to just pull them off and, and say, oh, we saw how they got along. Now it's not working. OK, let's take them off. Like <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work that way. So they they're kind of like, what were they thinking? Well, right. You have a leg right. up because you're seeing that when it's done, you're not seeing it, Yeah, you right. know, like blindly. I mean, we're, we're blindly matching them. Right. So I've been recently having a lot of clients that are struggling with hair loss and thinning and it could be hormonal. It could be seasonal. It could be anything. And it I could always, be 2020. <laughs> it could be 2020. And I always recommend Nutrafol and so many thousands of women have gotten control over their hair loss by using Nutrafol. And Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. And nothing is more alarming than when you're washing your hair or brushing your hair and like I'm noticing more thinning. So mm-hmm. get ahead of that and try out Nutrafol. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using the promo code get it. And new customers will get 20% off. This is their best offer available. 86% of women who use Nutrafol said that in th- in six months, they had improved hair growth. And more than 1,500 top doctors have recommended Nutrafol as a high-quality solution for this issue. 
Yeah. And just so you guys know, the five root causes of thinning is stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. And I'm sure all those have been taking a beating this year. Um, the reason why I like Nutrafol is because it is 100% drug-free. So they use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective dosages so that you get the most reliable results. So what you guys can do is you go to Nutrafol.com. You take their hair wellness quiz for personalized product recommendations that are unique to your hair needs because obviously, you know, one size does not fit all in this case. We all have different hair. But no matter what stage of life you're in, Nutrafol is the solution. I started taking it. People have been telling me my hair looks shinier and thicker. I feel like my hair looks thicker in pictures than it actually is in real life, or it could just be the Nutrafol. So (laughs) if you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using our promo code GETIT, and new customers will get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere. So hop on it. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get 20% off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code get it. Dr. Coles, the last thing I wanted to ask you sort of in this category of questions that I've just asked was um, how do you... So, so if you're dating right now and you are single, like I am and you're listening and you do come across someone who doesn't really open up, like what are some things you can ask them? Or Because you were saying some people just haven't practiced that part of their journey. Are there things that you can do to sort... Should you even hang in there? Should you move on to someone who can do it? Like, what's your advice there? I think it all depends on the kind of investment you're willing to give. And if you have any positive feedback or skill set to share with your partner, why not do it when you're dating? Because you're going to have to do it when you're married. What are some questions that we can like ask someone to sort of get them to open up if we're on a date with someone who sort of isn't in tune with speaking emotionally? I love the question, who are your relationship role models and why? Because what it does is it helps you to figure out whether or not they even have any good relationship role models or if they don't, um, you can help them to kind of, then you can ask, okay, then then how do you know what you're looking for? And what is it mm-hmm. that you do want? Do you, or maybe you say, do you have any bad relationship role models? What is it that you don't like about those relationships? So that kind of helps to externalize and not make it seem like it's like, who are you in a relationship? It's more about what are you looking for? What do you want? What do you not want? I love that. That's you also great have the fish, like a fishbowl um, assistance for like sex and stuff where you put all these fun games into a fishbowl. Um, can you tell us some of those secrets? (laughs) Yeah. So there's, I mean, there are countless questions and they've been added to over every season because, you know, as you know, there haven't always been the same experts. And so each expert kind of has their own, uh, questions that they want to add to the mix. So there are countless, uh, questions, but yeah, the, the way to kind of get to a place, like if you're really struggling with, initiating conversations about intimate things or initiating conversations about things that matter to you, then taking it out of your hands and literally just like grabbing one out of the fishbowl or whatever it is that you have at home, that's just a fun way to like take the pressure off and not make it a, I want to know this. It's more like, Let's just answer the question. <laughs> like, oh, look, this is a question I found in the living room in a bowl. Let's answer it, you know? Yeah. Well, it puts you on an even playing ground, which is nice. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so uh, 
What do you do when one partner has way more sex drive than the other and one would just rather eat cheese puffs I mean, in bed I'm, and that's kind of like more orgasmic than than having this sex? This must oh, be the I most common question puff. though. Like this has to be the most, the biggest, not complaint, but like issue of the couples that you see. Yeah? Absolutely. I build my practice off of the fact that people don't have... Uh, totally aligned sex drives and are trying to figure that out for long-term marriages and relationships. Um, the, I think the main thing that you can do is realize nobody's wrong. The way that they're feeling or not feeling about sexuality, sexuality isn't wrong, but what doesn't work is that it doesn't work for the other person. So I'm going to go ahead and tell people that while having a lower sex drive can be a sign of something going on physically, something going on emotionally. So can a very, very, very high sex drive. Like that is also not necessarily um, healthy as well. So if you need help trying to figure out how to find kind of a way to bridge that gap that doesn't make somebody feel like they're being taken advantage of or that doesn't make them feel like they are only being used for sex and that's all that their partner is appreciating them for is their mm-hmm. sex and the ability to do that, then you, you just really want to get to a place where you can say, how do you really feel about me? Because what, what sex does is it helps your partner feel wanted. It also helps them to feel pleasure from the person that they're allowed <laughs> to feel pleasure by and that they won't get in trouble for doing things with. And if you take that, you take away the feeling wanted, you take away the ability to feel pleasure sexually, then you're a friendship. Yeah. So so what do you suggest to people who like are on medications and stuff where they feel like they don't have any sex drive because of that? Yeah. Or just people who are, have different sex drives. Like what can couples do to sort of get on the same page? So the, The number one thing that I ask people to do who are experiencing a low sex drive is to read erotic literature. The reason that I want people to do that is because it gets their brain engaged. And the largest sexual organ and the most powerful sexual organ is the brain. So the reason that a lot of men tend to have, in general, higher sex drive than women is because men are socialized to think about sex more often, whereas women have to... We've been socialized to compartmentalize it. Like... It's not cool if we're at work and we're thinking about sex. Like, what? It's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Or like, you're out and you're. It's you know. not. No. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like, there aren't movies. Yeah, no, totally. There aren't. It's just not well accepted. Um, and we're right. not. We're not typically as women, unless, unless it's like a, as a joke, or unless it's because everything's going perfectly. We don't tell what's going on with just random other women, and you don't see that. Uh, you just don't see it as widely as you do with men, especially because men have always been encouraged to make sure that they're masturbating and that they're getting that pleasure in. And there's jokes about it. And there's all sorts of stuff encouraging men and their sexuality. So they're like, oh, I got to keep this going. And they have a whole world backing them up. Whereas with women, we don't even encourage each other. I know so, it's wild. So true. Yeah. I like, so get sex I like, on the brain more often is the way to get your sex drive up. And if you have okay. any physical concerns, medical concerns, you can still experience pleasure that is bonding between the two of you, even if it doesn't mean orgasm or arousal. 
A thousand percent. And I think a lot of people think sex is just physical activity. And I truly believe that sex goes beyond physical activity. Um, That's very I want, bonding. Now, yeah. I wanted to ask you a couple questions now that we're on the topic of sex. Is sex better when you're in love with the person or when you have feelings for them? Is there like I think any statistically speaking and studies have shown that most people say absolutely yes that most men and women will say that sex feels better and more pleasurable when you have feelings for the person you're sharing it with. Mm-hmm. Isn't that is probably, well, I mean, there's lots of reasons, but I would assume that a lot of it has to do with how comfortable you are. Yes, when you don't and feel And like you're not going to regret it. You're not going to be like, oh, right. you're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to regret this soon after. Yeah, if you're not feeling like as self-conscious, if you're not feeling... Um, rejected as inhibited or pressure or awkward then just overall your body's less tense and when you're less tense you can experience pleasure higher degrees got it professional welder shana ford used vr training developed by forge fx to hone her skills as a welder the more time that you spend practicing it that's what separates a good welder from a great welder VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. How often should couples be having sex during the week? So there's no magic number, but my recommendation is that you do something sensual at least twice a week. But two is a good number, especially if you have a job, if you have kids, if you have, you know, all sorts of dependence and obligations and responsibilities, something sensual. Now, Notice that I don't say intercourse. Intercourse can be included in your sensual activity, but so can taking a shower together. So can a massage. So can reading a sexy novel to one another. There's so many things that you can do to (laughs) tap into sensuality. It doesn't have to just be intercourse. Oh, I want to take a shower with someone right now. Um, Okay. My other question is, does size really matter? No, she's going to say no. What? That's not true. We don't know what she's going to say. That everybody says size doesn't matter. It's like the biggest faux pas Let her answer. Okay, what, if, what if it does? <laughs> well, it's so funny that y'all say that because um, I think truthfully speaking from most women and men, size does matter. <laughs> well, well, we're not talking uh, micro penis right now. We're talking like average versus huge. I didn't ask, does a micro penis give pleasure? I asked, does size really matter? I love winning. So overall, <laughs> I didn't know we were taking in extremes here. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Overall, size does matter. Um, and I would say as a ther- like a sex therapist from a sorry, from a sex therapist standpoint, size does matter mainly because 
men who feel like they are either an average or acceptable size, or maybe even larger than average, feel more confident. Confidence is sexy. Confidence means that they're practicing more, that they've got like that swag to them. They got that swag. They got that swag. They got that swag. They've got that BDE. Um, oh, yeah. But, yep. So important. So important. But on the flip side of it, most women do not want a big old hog. I mean, they just no. don't. That, that feels yeah. scary. It's intimidating. They actually lose confidence. They, they worry. You know, there's, they're worried about pain. Um, they can only use certain positions. They, I mean, it's, I mean, they worry about possibly even harming the penis and the erection. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, all has to be just very personal to that coupling. And you can do a whole lot with someone smaller. You can't do nearly as much with someone who's bigger. There's, wait, wait, wait. There's, there's two episodes of Sex in the City that directly relate to this. One, you remember the one where she was so, the Samantha found that guy that was so huge that she couldn't. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then there was the one where she was like, he's too small when they were visiting yeah. the therapist. That's so and she, funny. Remember, she's like, is it in? And he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, but this brings but up a great thing. question. Guess what? The, the, but what? the guys that are smaller, they tend to, know how to do so much more outside of intercourse and yes, most women yes. will tell you their tongue that's Four amazing play. yes they Four know how to do all so sorts important. of oh, or we call it outer play like there's a whole lot of outer play that they really know how to do can so you teach a course on outer everyone <laughs> Men don't like sure. not know that like women need foreplay. Like yeah, it's just, I know. It's and so it's like, annoying. It's like the, it's, it's not yeah. like you need at least forty five minutes of it. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say twenty. Long. Okay, I, I was, was gonna, gonna say twenty. I'm good with even ten, but like I think you need a solid ten. No, I want a good. I want such a lead up. I want like a roller coaster. You know, at like Universal you want Islands forty five minutes. Yes, I this want a is said by somebody who is single. Everybody's exactly. getting dehydrated, apparently. Dr. Cole's this... <laughs> wait, this brought up a question that I've never thought of before because we've been talking about size of penises. How deep is a vagina? It's five and a half and it's fully expanded. Inches. Wow, how'd what? you know that? Is that true? That's right. Um, between five Whoa. and six inches. It, but our vaginas can expand to handle so much. And depending on where we are in our hormonal cycle, where we are in our lifespan, um, it can com- it can vary in shape and size so much, so much so that women who are going through menopause have reported that if they don't have regular intercourse or penetration, that their vaginas will go back to prepubescent size. So it <laughs> changes so much over the course of your lifespan. Oh yeah, that's God. where I'm at right now, probably. So shallow. <laughs> okay, wait. Thank this you, 2020. So interesting. Um, why, I'm going to pretend you're God for a second. Like what was God thinking (laughs) when he put the clitoris on the outside? Oh, I know. It's very, very What's wrong with that? Who cares? Well, this is the thing, um, just in the past like decade, we've realized that the clitoris is much more than just what's uh, shown externally and it actually has like two I, I don't even know how to explain it because we're not on video but it's like these two extensions that go from the outer um from what's just underneath the clitoral hood that is internal 
which is why there are women who can orgasm by, um, by vaginal. But, but line, so many so, more cannot. <laughs> so many more. Yeah. You know, only like 10% or fewer than 10. I think now they're saying 20% of women can experience orgasm through intercourse alone. Uh, but the vast majority need to have clitoral stimulation. I'm convinced that women who have intercourse and penetrative orgasms are having their clitoris. Um, they're having their clitoris. I can't talk about it. They're having their clitoris stimulated, but it's just internally. So it's all clitoral, I think. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> so technically, what's a G-spot? Is a G-spot inside you? Yeah, the G-spot is. But again, that's just they, only like 10 to 20% of women like can regularly. Apparently, I, I a understand lot of your question now. Guys, so I know a whole bunch of things Yay! thanks to all, my, all of my years of playing Cosmo. I mean, reading oh, Cosmo. Cosmo. Yes, yeah. I love it. There's a lot we can learn from Cosmo. But did the clitoris <laughs> did the clitoris used to be on the inside and then it evolved to be on the outside? Because don't have don't pigs have it on the inside? I don't know. But I, I think I think we're not on the same page here because what I'm saying is the clitoris has both the external portion of it and then it has oh yeah internal. You said that. Uh, it's the organ has now been mapped to where it does have the internal part of it. Got it. Um. Okay, so as we saw on this week's episode of Married First Sight that our beloved Amelia admitted to her husband Bennett that she kind of came on the show just to be on a reality show and not necessarily to become married and have a long-lasting relationship. What are your thoughts on that? And if there was anyone else that you know from previous casts that were there for the wrong reasons? I can tell you from season nine, which is my first season, I've never heard anybody admit that or say it. Mm-hmm. I've questioned later on what their motives were. I couldn't believe she said that. I mean, I was, when I first heard that she had said that to Bennett when she actually did it, I was, I was kind of angry. I'm not going to lie. I was angry. I felt kind of betrayed. Um, and then it started making me question, well, what else is not real? Like what else doesn't really fit with what she we want? She also said like, they could have paired me with a potato and I would have been fine. I'm like, that is really no. She said that. Sorry. I didn't watch this last week. That would make me feel so sad. Like, wow. So it's not even me. You just like everyone. It's very sad. That's so interesting that you say that Lauren, because I was going to be like, well, what's the big deal? She's obviously so in love with Bennett. But if she said that in addition, then that makes me question things. Well, not just that, but earlier on in the season, we all saw that she was so accommodating. She was very, very conservative with any criticism or sharing any concerns, which, you know, can be mm-hmm. a red flag because mm-hmm. nobody's perfect. And she just continued to have kind of this very like rose colored glasses look at, at the marriage and approach. Mm-hmm. And then to have her say this, it's, it was very disappointing, um, But, and we'll see, we'll see like if, because he has to make a determination this week what to believe and what he feels, because that's another thing. I'm sure you've been in a relationship where somebody's like, I just, you know, I just don't know how I feel about you. And you're like, "Um, I do because you've been showing me, Mm -hmm. you know, and so maybe he's trying to figure out all of the feelings that he has about, about her. And maybe he's like, look, you're trying to self-sabotage, but I know you care about me. Or he's going to be like, you know what? I'm putting all these puzzle pieces together and you are kind of not really into this. So, mm. right. 
Yeah, maybe because she has to move, so maybe she's like, let me just ruin this before I have to have a tough, long-distance relationship. Because when she said that, it seemed like she didn't even realize what she was saying was hurtful. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's the other thing. Sometimes they're having conversations with each other and if because they haven't been together a long time, they don't know what triggers the other person yet. Right. No, right. I mean, obviously they were in these marriages a lot longer than typical, but it's still relatively short amount of time. And she might just think she's being honest, but she doesn't realize True. how brutally honest she's being, Brutal. especially right before decision day, right? I mean, right before decision day, everybody's so on high alert and they're looking for every reason why they should stay or every reason why they shouldn't. Uh, and it's a high stress time for everyone involved. Um, I would just, anyone listening out there who does not watch Married at First Sight, I just want to let you know that you should at least watch this season. This is the, the greatest season. They go through a pandemic Yay. together. It's very interesting. It's like the craziest couples. Like, Woody and Amani crazy, are like crazy, crazy. No, like, just, like, yeah. like two couples that I love you within a month. Like, that's amazing. So please watch mm-hmm. that because if you don't know what we're talking about, you should. Anyway, okay, we'll get off the more specific questions. But I do want to ask, why are so many of the past couple seasons contestants been so young? Like, why are you signing up to get married at first sight between the ages? I, honestly, for in my personal view... I don't think that I would ever be like, I'm going to sign up for this show until I was like 35. And I started to think about fertility, to be honest, because, um, I mean, 26 year olds, 30 year olds signing up for this show. Like, don't you think you have some more years where you can go and do the search on on your own? Wait, Ashley, what's the difference between someone signing up for this at 26 and someone signing up for bachelor at 26, hoping to be engaged at the end? I guess because that's a solid question. Yeah, I guess it's a solid question. But Naz, in that case, you go on and you actually get to know the person and the other person gets to actually know you before you decide to make that commitment together. On this show, you are making a commitment before you get to know the person. I know, but it, in reality, like if you take a step back, it's the same thing. No, I don't, believe, I don't think so at all. So because I've known these 20-something-year-olds and 30-year-olds, um, I can tell you that a lot of it is because of the type of family and culture that they were brought up in. Mm. And getting married young is something you think that like they... like religiously or culturally? Um, not even necessarily religiously, but yes, that plays into it as well. Uh, where they know that they want marriage. Like, you know how some people, the minute that they start making money, they start saving for a house to buy. Yeah, and other right, people right. don't even think about it until much later. It's the same kind of thing. Like, some people go into life knowing that they want to be married and it can't happen soon enough. And when they struggle for, you know, four years, five years, and then all of a sudden they're like, I, my life plan was to have two kids before I was 30 and to be married to that person for at least two years before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 22, obviously what 22 is too young, but like for this anyway, 24, 25, 26, 27 doesn't seem all that young, especially because then we find somebody else who feels very similarly and has the same age range that they're wanting. And of course, that's just one of the things that we consider. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I personally was somewhat of a young bride. I got married at like 26, 27, and then we had two kids before we were 30. So like, 
I I kind of fall into that. Um, I'm not I knew talking what I about young marriage. I guess I just mean like, why would you resort to being connected with a stranger at the altar at that age? I see. Like the idea. I'm not talking of, about young dating. marriage. Well, I'm talking about like that makes sense. Like a yes, wedding pact. That, yeah. Like when you're I'm 25, you're like, okay, if if not, if stranger. I don't find someone by 35, yeah, yeah. that's right, like right. That's, so exactly. Ashley, that's kind of like a friend pack where it's like, oh, if we're not married by the age of 34, we'll marry each other. But right. right. No, actually, I think you're right because there have been times where um, Pastor Cal, Dr. Pepper, and I look at each other like is this person too young? Have they even gone on 10 dates? Like, do they even, have they experienced love? Have they experienced heartbreak? Have they experienced, um, are are they just too scared to date? You know, what's going on? And we do have to consider the whys of wanting to get married at 26, 27, To a stranger. um, To a complete stranger. (laughs) stranger. But it's, Um, it's very alluring for us when, we are trying to figure out potential matches. It's very alluring for us when we find people that we think are so well matched, mm-hmm. but there are times where we don't even consider that they're 26, 27. Uh-huh. We're just right. like, oh my gosh, these people are so well matched. Aww. They both signed up for this. They might get it. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. I understand. Maybe that. I need to go on this show. Just Maybe that actually it. wouldn't sometimes, be a bad idea. Sometimes I wish I was, you know, I, I, I remember growing up and I was like, oh my God, arranged marriages. And now I'm like, oh my God, arranged marriages. <laughs> well, wait a great. second. Uh, so Naz would be a good, somebody qualified for this, I think, because she has dated so much and she's so marriage focused. And at the age of 30 and a half, I'd be like, you've had your, your time out there in the, in play in the field. No, 30, 30 is still young. I would say 35, 37. Okay, well, see, that's what I was saying. 37, 30, like yeah, somewhere I between there. But I will say that like with somebody who has gotten themselves out there enough, like you would be a 30-year-old that I would think could be suited for Right. This. What, somebody like me would be like, yeah. all right, I've seen stuff out yeah. there. Can I add um, a little something about the age thing, though? Because yeah, y'all are yeah. saying 35, 37. We would love to have older people, more older people, apply for this show and apply to, to do this. Um, and to get married at first sight. But I think a lot of people shy away from it because they are concerned about the children thing. Um, yeah. You know, oh, interesting. like they might be worried, oh, but, you know, I want kids like now. And what if they match me with somebody who doesn't want kids now? Well, we're taking all that into consideration. Or mm-hmm. a lot of the people who are older have decided they don't want kids. And mm-hmm. so many of their partners do. do so it's yeah. just a little bit harder. Um, I'm always right. just trying to get people to just say, look, if you're open-minded, if you're open-hearted, Right. There's a chance. What do you got to lose. I see. I was just going to say the best is when there aren't that there aren't that many stakes. So it, I guess this all came full circle, and it does make sense to me. Somebody younger is like, okay, well, you know, if this doesn't work out, I can still find yeah. someone that does want to have that yeah. does want to yeah. have kids with me one day. Yeah, yeah. I also need to know what it's like in that decision making room when you're going through all these applicants and trying to match people, and like how many phases and how many months it takes to figure out who's with who, and like the tests that they have to take behind the scenes. Yeah, it's so much more intense than I think anybody ever truly can understand who isn't in it. Uh, We've told people for years what we're doing behind the scenes, but either people like don't really get it or maybe they just don't, um, (laughs) they don't they think we're lying. I don't they know probably what think it is. The producers do it for drama, not for anything other than and it's experts. so wrong. I mean, it's kind of. 
I don't know. I just don't take it personally, so I don't really care. But Mm -hmm. it just stinks that we're all telling you this is what we do. And some people are like, no, that's not what they do. It's like, okay, well, all right. Well, then, I mean, I guess we're talking to deaf ears. But yes, we're doing multiple uh, multiple psychological evaluation rounds. We're doing just the application itself is hard. But then Mm -hmm. if you get past that, there's a questionnaire that makes you think so hard and deep and into yourself and what you need, what you want, what your hangups are, that some people are like, look, I don't even care about getting married anymore. I've understood so much about myself. I'm ready right. to, I'm ready to like date. You know, some people yeah. are, are just through going yeah. through the process, realize like, oh my gosh, I know so much more about myself. Yeah. I, I don't even know that. Same bachelor, I, I think. Yeah. 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 You learn so much. And then on top of that, we do background at checks, we do employment verifications, we meet with their families. So many people think that just because they don't see it, it doesn't happen. We meet with their families, we meet with their wow. best friends, we go through all their social media. People get kicked out because of yeah. social media all the time. We check yeah. into their exes. We look Whoa. at who they we look at who they say they want and who they've actually had. We I mean mm. and it's that's why it takes a team to do all this research and then ultimately it all comes back to the three of us and we wow. have to use our expertise to figure out job. how to yeah, put them together. Yeah, this is the ultimate vetting process. So if you guys are listening, <laughs> I mean, it yeah. sounds like this this is the this is the real deal, you know. It really is. Wow. And look, I I cannot say that we've always gotten it right. Even with all of this, there are people who are just really good at convincing themselves or others that they're not who they really are. And I, you know, (laughs) I wish that we had like an internal radar that just goes off, but we don't ever know that until it's too late and they're already married. And now they have to work through whatever those issues are. Some people freak out once they're married. And I'm like, but you've been telling us for months, because this takes months, yeah. by the way, <laughs> by the way, casting, just to get to a place where the casting department then hands off the potentials to us, which is hundreds of people. I mean, this takes months. It takes so many people just to wade through the applications. And then by the time the hundreds get to the three of us, um, <laughs> it, we're just... I'm always thinking, like, why would you even want to do this if you're just, you're going to get caught. America's going to hate you. Like, your new wife, you're going to have to go through a divorce. Like, why would you want to do all of this, you know? Right, go through all of it. And that's that's why we do the divorce. That's why we do an actual wedding, because... We want everyone who's who's doing this to actually be committed. Right. That's that's right. the missing that's piece. The difference of the it, show. It's a yeah. huge difference. Yeah. Be so much. It would be so much different if you if they just were secretly not married on paper. Then they'd be like, no big deal. Exactly. We're exactly. And that's one wow. of the reasons that as of now we don't um, have children involved yeah. because this yeah. is legal and it has to be consensual and it's hard enough. I mean, mm-hmm. look. If we have seasons and seasons of 100% and everything just goes amazingly and there's never any issues, then maybe I would imagine that they might consider including children but or people with children. Not children. Oh, that sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but this is already so difficult yeah. for full-on adults. 
I know Australia right. does kids. I mean, they, yeah. they have people with kids. Other franchises do things very differently than our franchise yeah. does. And it's up to everyone to really research the difference between a mass UK, a mass Australia, a mass Africa. Like, there's so many different masks. And ours, I truly believe, has something very unique and special. And that's, it's not for drama. It's not fake. It's not just a let's try this out. We really, right. really try really to make this work. work. Because, wow. you know, that's the calling card right there. That's how we're going to get more people in the future. We're, right. we're up for another six seasons. Like, yeah. we want yeah, people to be applying grass. to this. And if, yeah. and if anybody thought it was fake or if, or if, you know, we would be caught in lies, that's way too much pressure to, I mean, you know how hard it is to lie? Like, you can't. So we just keep things authentic. We keep it real so that people yeah. will know we can trust them. We're gonna, we can trust that the process is what they say it is. Now, what happens when people are married? That's on them. And we guide them. Yeah. Sometimes we guide them very strongly. Other times, it doesn't matter what we say or do. They're going to just right. go rogue. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Coles, this was so informative and amazing. Like, thank you so much for sitting down, spilling all the tea on Married at First Sight. I feel Semi like convincing so many us pe- to go on. So many people are going to be convinced to like send in an application. Right. I feel, yeah. Well, right. next season we're casting for is Houston, which is my hometown. That's oh, where I'm perfect. from. Nice. That's where I live. It's good to know. And they can go to nafshouston.castingcrane.com to apply. But no matter where you are, you should apply because I'm pretty sure casting takes into consideration how many applications they get from a certain oh. area when they're kind of trying to figure out where to go next. To go next. Good to know. Love it. All thank right. you so thank much. Thank you so much. You're amazing. You're beautiful. I love you. Yeah. Watch Married at First Sight, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Did you know that everyone has an aura? Do you know what color your aura is? Maybe you have a fiery red personality or a quiet and calm blue or green. You could be an organized and methodical yellow or an explosive purple. Come join me, Mystic Michaela, on my podcast, Know Your Aura, to find out all about how your personality can be explained in colors. I don't get it. Podcast.